So we are in a three-week series called Imagine the Possibilities, and, and during this series, we're following um, the story of the Israelites in Numbers 13 and 14. Today, we're going to jump ahead a little bit. Um, but, but last week, I want to catch you up because I know there's a lot of people in here who weren't here last week, and so I want to catch you up on where we're at in the story, and then we're going to see some really great stuff in Scripture today. So the Israelites, these are God's people, and, and I just want to get you the context um, for what we're seeing, God's people who, who literally were created by God, as all of us are, but God's people, the Israelites, became a nation because God made them a nation. He came to Abraham and he said, I'm going to make you into a great nation. And, and so the Israelites are that nation. And, and it, at the beginning of their story, before we get to, to numbers, they've been in Egypt, and they've been in captivity, and they've been in slavery. And God leads them out of Egypt, God leads them out of slavery, and leads them through the wilderness, because when God originally comes to Abraham and says, I'm going to make you into a great nation, God says, and I've got land for you, the promised land. And so they end up in Egypt. I, I know we're, I feel like we're jumping in just really quick. Are you guys with me? Are you ready? Because we're going. And, and so, so they're in Egypt in slavery, and God delivers them out of Egypt miraculously, journeys with them, leads them through the wilderness to the edge of the promised land. That journey from Egypt, from being delivered to the pro, edge of the promised land, took about a year to a year and a half. And so God has literally created his people, the Israelites. God has delivered his people. God, through this year and a half, has fed them, ha has given them everything they needed. God splits the Red Sea and they walk through it. I mean, God has given them so much. I I'm, I'm telling you all this because the context of this is important. The Israelites would not be a people if it wasn't for God. They would not have life if it wasn't for God. That's us too today. I don't know if you know this or not, but we would not be here if it wasn't for the life that God gives. And so as we celebrate Raised to Life Sunday, I want you to know that God is the giver of life. And I want to say something else really clear to you today. Not only does God give us breath and life, I said this last week, I believe that God wants to give you life to the fullest. I believe that God has something for each and every one of you here in this room, that God has something for you, and God is leading you toward it. And so, so the Israelites, they've journeyed for a year and a half through the wilderness. God has been faithful every step of the way. All of these miraculous stories are God's work in their life, and they come to the edge of the promised land, and God says, all right, go on in. But the people of God, even though God split the sea, even though God fed them, even though God had done all these things, the people of God wanted to check it out. We talked about this last week. We like to, we like to you know, check things out before we take steps of faith, right? God says, do this, and we say, let me get a good picture of it first. So they send spies in. They send 12 spies into the promised land. And when those spies come back, 10 of those spies give a report that, hey, the land is great, 
but the land is occupied. There's giants in there. They're scary. They're huge. We don't want anything to do with that. So 10 of the 12 spies said, let's, let's go back. Let's not go forward. Let's go back. Two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, said, listen, it's time to go. You're going you're gonna to hear this. So, so let me just set the stage for you. Big picture here. God created his people. God has led his people to a land that he's promised for them. He has something great for him. They say the land is flowing with milk and honey and the the fruit is amazing. God has something for his people. He says, go ahead, take possession of it. They send the spies in, but because they're scared, because of their fear, they don't want to go in. And so the next part of the story um, it, the people end up journeying. So think about this. Let me, let me draw a picture with my hands for you. So Egypt, promised land, it took a year to a year and a half for them to journey up to the edge of the promised land. But because they weren't faithful, because they didn't trust God, and they didn't want to go into the land when God told them to, they journeyed. So Egypt, promised land, year, year and a half, that's the length there. For the next 38 years, they kind of did this, just circling around in the wilderness, not going anywhere. They stayed at 17 different places during this time. And so they go from being a people that God created and God sustained and God led and God brought to the promised land what God had for them to being a people that, that wandered and missed it for 38 years. That's, they missed what God had for them. Let me pick it up in Numbers 13, verse 31. This is the report of the spies. This is the spies, that, this, the, this is the 10 spies that were terrified. They say, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there were of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. Listen to this. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Now, I remember when I was in ninth grade, I played basketball for Hume Fogg, get this, don't be too impressed, Hume Fogg Academic Magnet School. What does that tell you about the sports teams? Hume Fogg Academic Magnet School. So ninth grade, I'm on the basketball team for Hume Fogg Academic Magnet School. We didn't even have a full gym in our building, in our school. We had to borrow other people's gyms. So in ninth grade, we would play our games at this little community center right down the road. We would walk over there and play our games. So we had a game against McGavick. McGavick was not McGavick Academic magnet school. It was McGavick High School. It was, it was the school that Dwayne The Rock Johnson went to. It also had another alumni, Robert Mahaffey, who's, he's kind of a giant if you look at the two of us. And, and we played, we played a freshman game against McGavick. Okay, now you got to get the picture because I, I know that I, I might not look like a grasshopper right now. I've filled out a little bit in the last year and, and beyond. <laughs> But when I was in ninth grade, I mean, I was just this scrawny, skinny, and I was probably our tallest guy. 
And we get into that gym, and McGavick's coming, and all of a sudden we, saw, we see them walking in, and these guys are like grown men. <laughs> I mean, grown men, they're walking in. I'm, I'm not kidding. We saw some of them drive themselves to the game in ninth grade. And we're sitting there seeing these guys walk in, and we're thinking, we're like grasshoppers. We don't want anything to do with these guys. We start doing our layup lines where, you know, we're all just doing nice, simple layups. The guys from McGavick are dunking the ball, and the game starts, and they're just crushing us. And the coach would come over and say, like, hey, do you want to go in? And our guys are like, no, we don't. We don't want to face it. This is what the people were thinking here in Numbers 13. Okay, God, we know you have this land for us, and, and we're right here, and you've told us to go in, but, but we're like grasshoppers compared to those guys. And so they're terrified. But I want you to see um, Joshua and Caleb's response. This is Numbers 14. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole assembly, uh, Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Remember the other report was the land devours the people in it? And Joshua and Caleb say, don't be afraid of them because we will devour them. And then this next part is my favorite part. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. That is so good. That is so good. There's giants. Not only are there giants, they're in fortified cities. And 10 of the spies come back and say, no way, we're just grasshoppers. But Joshua and Caleb say, if the Lord says it, the Lord will do it. And so the Lord will lead us and we will devour those giants because they have no protection. Sure, they got walls. Sure, they're huge. But we've got the Lord the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. I love this confidence. And if I'm being honest, a lot of times when God asks me to take steps of faith, I don't have the same boldness and confidence. I told you earlier, I believe that God wants to lead each and every one of us to something that he has for us. I don't know what that is today. I don't know what step God is asking you to take, but I want you to know this. Yes, there will be giants in the way. Yes, there will be barriers. They've got no protection. No protection against what we've got. Because the Lord is with us. I want you to see something really cool in the text. I, I, I told you last week, if you were here, that God has been speaking to my heart lately about money about how I deal with money, and I really, for about probably six months, have felt God saying things to me about the way that I deal with my money. And if I'm being really honest, my response sometimes looks a little bit more like the 10 spies that see the giants. Okay, God, I hear you. I know this is what you want, but I mean, I've gotta have 
money, right? I mean, and there's realistic concerns, but, but I want you to see something awesome in the text. So we're going to fast forward 38 years. I told you, the people blew it. They didn't go into the land. They wandered for 38 years, and here we are 38 years later. So Egypt, promised land, a year and a half, 38 years, and they end up right back here, right back on the doorstep of the promised land 38 years later. And guess who's there? Joshua and Caleb who had confidence and faith and trust in the Lord, and the other people for 38 years wandered, and because they didn't trust the Lord, they never did walk into the promise that God had for them, and they died in the wilderness. So Joshua and Caleb are here 38 years later, and they send spies in. This is so good. This is so good. They send spies into the land again. So 38 years, they send spies in. Guess how many spies they send in this time? First time it was 12, right? 10 bad, two good. How many are they sending the second time? They sent two. Why even mess with the 10, right? Let's just send two. And so they, they send these two spies in, and, and in Joshua 2, verse 8, we see the report. These spies end up with a woman named Rahab, and Rahab gives them the report of what's happening in the land. Okay, so they, the first time, went and brought back the report of what happened in the land, and it was, they're giants, we can't do it, but Joshua and Caleb had faith. Now, they send two spies in, and Rahab is giving these two spies the report of what's happening in the land. Listen to this, Joshua 2, verse 8. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. And this is the most important part. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. When they sent the spies the first time, the report was, the giants are too big, we can't do it, we're not going to go the second time. Guess what they find out? Those giants that they felt like grasshoppers next to, those giants were terrified. They were terrified not because of the grasshoppers, but because of the God that leads them, the God that parts the seas, the God that delivers them. I want to tell you something, something really important today. If God is calling you to take a step of faith, if, I, I don't know what that is. Maybe today we're going to celebrate baptism, and maybe that's baptism for you. Maybe it's, it's even before that. Maybe it's accepting Christ as your Savior. Maybe God is dealing with your heart, dealing with finances or your career or, or whatever it is. If God is calling you to step forward... It's easy to look and see giants and be in fear, but I want to tell you today that the things that we fear are terrified of our God. 
And there is no reason to fear. Let me, let me tell you how this works. I told you, God's been working on my heart for about six months as far as money, right? And, and about a month and a half ago, God, I've been praying, God's been speaking to me, and I've been saying, God, I, I, you know, I just got to check it out. And a month and a half ago, I shared with you that somebody in six minutes stole thousands of dollars out of my bank account. Let me ask you a question. I didn't see it at the time, but I see it now. What do you think's going on there? Let me tell you what's going on. God has something for me. God's calling me to take a step of faith. And the enemy is terrified. The enemy is terrified of what God can do if his people are obedient. So what happened a month and a half ago is the enemy is working so hard to keep me from being faithful. Because they're terrified. But God is good. God is faithful. God is greater. And yes, we are grasshoppers. We're tiny. We don't have that power, but we are called and loved and we serve a God that delivers. And the enemy is terrified. Today, we're gonna baptize 18 people and the gates of hell are gonna shake because God is greater. The greatest weapon we have is not our own power, it's the presence of God in us, so this is how it works. God is faithful, God creates us, God gives us life, God leads us, and God calls us to take steps of faith. If we're willing to step forward in faith, God works. I want to share with you a couple other incredible stories. You might remember around Christmas time, there's a man in our church, Scott Mishler. How many of you just love Scott Mishler? He's the best. More of you should love Scott Mishler. You just don't know him. If you knew him, you'd love him. Uh, at Christmas time, um, Scott Mishler is called by God to pastor. He's pastored several churches, but God has been, I mean, the enemy has been working overtime in his life, and several months before Christmas, Scott Mishler was diagnosed with stage three cancer. And you might remember at Christmas time that, that we took an offering for Scott. There are giants there, stage three cancer, the things he's dealing with. You know what Scott Mishler is doing right now? He's preaching the word of God at Morrow Church of the Nazarene where he's been called to be their pastor. God is faithful. God's been working in my life in another way, not just money, but, but I'm going to be really honest with you. I always struggled sharing my faith. I always did. I grew up in the church. Most of my friends were in the church, and, and I struggled sharing my faith. But over the last year, God has been working on me, and, and, and I've been praying, God, give me opportunities to share my faith. And about six months ago, God gave me a simple opportunity to share my faith. And this morning in first service, a guy was standing right over here that accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior because God is faithful. God is good. And God wants to lead us from death to life. God wants you to have life to the fullest. I don't know what God's speaking into your heart. I don't know what God's challenging you with today. But I know this, whatever it is, it's life. 
If you will be faithful and you will take the step of faith, God will give you life to the fullest. Doesn't matter the giants. Doesn't matter the fortified walls. Doesn't matter what we face. If we trust God and take steps of faith, he is faithful.